Well, happy Mother's Day to each one of you joining us today, especially to all the ladies who are with us. And ladies, whether or not you are a mother, you play a special role in nurturing our world. So thank you for joining us. We are so blessed that you've taken time out of your day to be here with us today. How many of you know that motherhood is messy? Yes, all the mamas just raised their hands. We know that to be true. And, you know, since we've been sheltering in place, I'm sure we've all seen posts about overwhelmed parents, parents who now more than ever value all the teachers do for their kids, right? Um, I'm wondering, have you seen that meme with this big black SUV? And I guess the parent wrote on the side of the window, you lied. My kids are not a joy to have in class. <laughs> I'm telling you what, I've seen quite a few hilarious real life posts of the messes that kids can make now that they have all this extra time on their hands. And with some of them, I'm like, wow, that truly is a special talent. Every mom listening today probably has a parenting story of a messy disaster. And for many of them, there's enough distance between the debacle and, uh, and right now, right now in real life where they're living, that it's actually a funny story that they can share. For some of us, you may still be a little bit bitter about that mess you cleaned up last night. <laughs> Um, you know, it's often said with parenting, the days are long, but the years are short. And isn't that the truth? We all know for certain that being a mom really is messy. But do you know what else is messy? The stories of the Bible are messy. The Bible is a message about an amazing God and his unfailing love for an imperfect people. Sometimes that love is on display so boldly that it looks pretty messy. The stories are rich and complex, and they often have a lot of uncomfortable pieces. You know, God uses murderers and adulterers and thieves, and their stories are so shocking that sometimes you have to read it again, asking yourself, is this really the best you could find, Lord? Is this really who you chose to use? And I'm glad that you are joining us for this sermon series entitled Faith Over Fear, because throughout this series, we're looking at Hebrews chapter 11, known as the heroes of faith. We're looking at this to inspire us to keep believing even in the midst of our fear and our doubt. You know, it's easy to assume when we read through this heroes of the faith that all of these people had it all together. We're just reading their highlight reel, right? And so we're thinking that they never struggled with fear. They always lived their lives in a way that pleased God. But if you've ever read this chapter, you know that these heroes are very human. They have flaws and fears, and they have sins and shortcomings, similar to you and me. Nevertheless, their faith propelled them into the destiny that God had for them. You know, this Mother's Day, churches all around the country are preaching messages about faithful women of the Bible, women who inspire and challenge us to go deeper in God, but women who also show us what it really means to fall on the grace of God. 
because that's where we all really live. Whether you are male or female, whether you are young or you are older, grace is what we all so desperately need. Amen? And in Hebrews, in the Heroes of Faith, there are two women that are included there in chapter 11. Their names are Sarah and Rahab. And God worked through both of them mightily to save his people and to accomplish his purpose. We heard about Sarah and Abraham in my husband's message a couple of weeks ago. And if you know that story, you already understand what I mean when I say the Bible can get messy. The two women who were included in the heroes of faith, a liar and a prostitute, The first, instead of following God's plan, she gave her servant to her husband to fulfill God's promise because they stopped believing that God could do it. The second, she made her living in a way that dishonored God and her own body. But God redeemed these women, and through them, we are still blessed today. With online church for this Mother's Day, How fitting is that, that moms are gathered with their children around them. You're gathered in your homes, and we're here all together. Now, kids, please behave for your mamas so they can enjoy this Mother's Day service. And mamas, I am aware that our audience has little ears, and I will do my very best to honor this biblical story while also honoring their listening. For every person under the sound of my voice who falsely assumed that your sin is too great for God to redeem and your story is too outlandish for God to use, I'm so glad you're here today because you are about to break free from that bondage of fear and shame and doubt. I wish you would read with me Hebrews chapter 11, verses 30 and 31. Verse 30 says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe there in Jericho when she had received the spies with peace. Today, I'm going to be speaking faith over fear, Rahab's red rope. Okay, here's a huge spoiler alert. If you haven't read the story, if you don't know how it all ends up, um, I'll just go ahead and tell you. Rahab was the great, 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 really, really far back great grandmother of Jesus. Did you know that? Yes, Rahab. She was the great grandmother of King David. This woman of ill repute finds her way into our redemption story when she meets some spies sent from Joshua. And you'll hear more about Joshua's quest to the promised land in an upcoming sermon from my husband because he's also listed in the heroes of faith. But I don't want to steal too much of his thunder, okay? So I think for background's sake, I'm just going to share this much so that to to kind of bring you up to speed. Um, This is another story that goes back to Abraham's Canaan land promise. Joshua was still trying to possess the promised land, and Jericho was a crucial city in the conquest of Canaan. Joshua sent two spies into Jericho, and at dark, um, after the city gates closed, it looked like (laughs) they had no place to go. They found lodging at a nearby inn. 
And this particular inn was owned by Rahab's family. And as was the custom at many inns in that day, there were normal rooms, and then there were rooms of ill repute. And Rahab made her living in the latter kind of rooms, and that's how she received her title. Listen, I'm just going to say this. I feel like I have to give this disclaimer so many times. I've said it many times before when preaching. I did not write it. I'm just sharing it, okay? (laughs) I know it sounds a little hard to believe, a little too crazy to be in the Bible. These spies end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Their lives are about to be taken, but an immediate reversal of fortune happens for them. They are hidden by none other than Rahab herself. Now, you've got to be wondering, as I have wondered, why is Rahab, a person who lived a sinful life, listed in the heroes of faith? And I'll tell you, I believe it's because she literally risked her own life to protect the lives of these two Hebrew spies. But the, the deeper question I think we would all ask is, what on earth would make her do that? And so what, what we have to understand here is that there was an element of faith. There had to be an element of faith for her to take that kind of risk, right? This was a person who was in the know for sure. She was living in a major hub of the city, and Rahab knew all the religious practices of Jericho. But for some reason, she felt compelled to save these spies from a nation of slaves, a nation whose stories she'd heard all her life, how they'd escaped the Red Sea, how they'd received divine assistance in crisis. And she must have been really curious, curious enough to take a risk that could have ended her own life. So when the two spies came through, Rahab believed it was a divine opportunity. This was her chance to get to know their God. So she began to demonstrate her faith by action. Her faith was so stirred at this point that she was ready to lay her life on the line for them. When Rahab began to understand that her king was going to harm the spies, she found the perfect hiding place for them. Reading um, from Joshua chapter 2, verse 6, it says, But she had taken them up to the roof of the house and hidden them under the stalks of flax that she had laid out on the roof. Flax was a plant that was used to make linen and make twine. And like many in her day, Rahab probably had a little family business of dyeing cloth and rope. Rahab specialized in the color red. Maybe you've heard of Lydia in the New Testament. She specialized in the color purple. So it's a similar a similar practice, a very common practice. And so when the soldiers went out to search for the spies, the city gates were locked. It seemed as if there was no escape for Joshua's spies. The Canaanites were swarming the city and the countryside, and they were searching for them. But Rahab kept them hidden. And because her house was on the city wall, they were able to eventually find freedom by sliding down over the city gate on a red rope she had made. These two Israelites had to trust their deliverance to a pagan prostitute who believed in their God. 
Folks, I'm telling you, when your God is for you, he will make a way out of no way. I wonder if somebody could say amen to that. We know that's the truth. And the Lord will work through whomever he chooses to accomplish his will. We have no right to question who God chooses to, to work in and through. Because if God can use you and God can use me, God can use anybody. Isn't that the truth? Amen. I'll tell you this, if God can work through Rahab, he can work through you. You can trust that. You can know that. There's nothing in your past. There's nothing in your life that can prohibit God from moving in your life when you surrender over to him. I wonder if there's anybody who's grateful for that today. I'm so grateful for that truth of God's word right here today. And if we keep reading on in the passage, we see that before the spies left, Rahab went back to them and she told them how her fear turned to faith in Jehovah God. Reading Joshua 2 verses 9 through 11, she said, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two king of the Amorites who were on the other side of the Jordan, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there any more, neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Folks, when we let God's glory shine through us, other people will take notice. And this is a perfect example of that. Rahab, she was used to making things happen for herself. But she found herself in a moment that was out of her control. Her city was about to be destroyed. Everyone was in fear. They're trying to do everything they can to survive. She told them, all our people are melting in fear because of you. You know why she's in the heroes of faith? Because she did not melt in fear. Rahab acted on her faith, not her fear. In the book of James, chapter 2, it's all about how you can't really have faith without works, right? If you've ever read James, that's what he talks about. Faith without works is dead. Do you know who James cites as examples of people who had faith and then acted on it? Well, he cited Abraham, and then you guessed it, Rahab. Her faith may not have been pure, but it was powerful. You could even say that her faith was manipulative. When she was afraid, she tried to make it happen on her own. She came back, give me a promise. She was trying to do something. We don't even, we can't be sure of her motives at all. But we know this, her faith moved the heart of God. And you know, when we're afraid, we may try to use whatever leverage we have, right? Just to get through that situation. She tells them in that moment, because I showed you kindness, please show me kindness. But my friends, God can meet you in the midst of your mixed up motives. He absolutely can. You see, Rahab recognized God's hand. 
And she recognized his power. And because these Israelites, she experienced God firsthand for herself. You see, when people see your victories, they will want that kind of God. Your testimonies can lead them to faith over fear. Aren't you excited about that today? Your testimonies can be the very thing that propels somebody else into their destiny with God. And I think that's something that we should celebrate right now. Why don't you give God a hand clap of praise for that wherever you are? Amen. Amen. You know, after all this, Rahab wants to know if she'll be protected, that she and her family would be saved when Jericho is destroyed. And the response of the spies reveals the grace of God extended to her. Joshua 2, 14, the spies respond to her, our lives for your lives. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. But how could they promise that Rahab wouldn't be killed in battle or her family? I mean, there would be so many soldiers there, sheer chaos everywhere. What could possibly keep Rahab and her family safe? The spies gave Rahab some very specific instructions. If she wants their protection, then there must be some sign to show the Israelites not to harm her household. That red cord that she offered the spies to escape with, she was instructed to put that same red rope in her window so that they would know this house was protected. And all of her family had to be in the house to receive the protection. And everyone in that house would be saved and the symbol of the red cord would save them. You know that rope, (laughs) that red rope, by which she delivered the messengers, that would be the same rope that delivered Rahab and her loved ones. Sometimes the grace we extend to others will be the very thing that saves us in our time of need. Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you grateful for God's grace? And you know, there is grace all throughout Rahab's story. And I'll tell you, it goes all the way back to another Old Testament story of deliverance, of deliverance, and that is the story of the Passover. When all the firstborn of Egypt was killed and the death angel spared only those who had painted the blood of a spotless lamb on their doorposts. And that's actually how the Passover got its name. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Like the blood on the Israelites' doorpost indicated their trust in God's mercy, Rahab's red rope was another testimony of God's grace. You see, in her past, that red cord in Rahab's window, it had been an invitation to sin. But now that red rope served a totally different purpose. The red rope before was in essence her red light professing her business, okay? But this scarlet cord now waving from the window became an invitation to salvation. You see, this red rope, it was actually a symbol of our redemption as well. From the red light district of Jericho, Rahab's rope was woven into a powerful red line, a line that led all the way to a red blood-stained cross on a hillside outside of Jerusalem. 
that scarlet rope, the color of blood. It worked for Rahab just like the blood of the Passover lamb worked during the Exodus. And you know what? Both of those, both of those foreshadowed the salvation that we would experience through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. You know, theologians sometimes refer to this as the scarlet thread running through the Bible. Do you want to know how our amazing God redeems and restores I've got just a little bit more I want to share with you. I told you that Rahab was the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus, right? I already told you all about that. But I did not tell you how that came to be. History tells us that Rahab married Salmon, one of the two spies she saved. Their son, well, his name was Boaz. Maybe you've heard of Boaz from the book of Ruth. Boaz was Ruth's kinsman redeemer. He's the one who saved her. And Ruth was another woman who was an outsider who certainly did not belong in the lineage of our Savior. And the grandson of Boaz and Ruth was King David. So in addition to being listed in the heroes of faith, and also being praised by the brother of Jesus for her great faith and putting her faith into action. In addition to that, Rahab has another very special distinction. She is one of only four women listed in Matthew's gospel as an ancestor of Jesus. The others, they're Ruth, Tamar, and Bathsheba. Now, friends, that's quite a list. And I challenge you to read about all of them, and you'll see even more messiness in the Bible. Ladies, I'm sure today you were expecting to hear about a nearly perfect woman from the Bible and be called to follow in her, in her footsteps so you could come back to your home um, and, and be this perfect mom and have everything, perfect children and perfectly made bed and perfect meals on the table because that's what the Bible's about, right? Perfection. The Bible's about all these perfect people. The Bible is about a perfect God and his perfect love for us and how he will stop at nothing to redeem us. And I want you to know that Rahab's testimony, it speaks so much more hope than this unrealistic quest for perfection that we think we need to be on. Rahab's story is one of hope and grace that speaks truth to each one of us here today. From the red light district to the red blood of Jesus. You see, Rahab's red rope, it teaches us that no sin, no scandal, no imperfection, no insecurity, nothing can keep us from the love and the grace and the mercy of our God. You know, maybe you feel like you're too far gone. You've done too much. You're hopeless. But I want you to know, to know today that your God can forgive your sins. No matter what your life has been like. Why don't you just ask Rahab? No sin is so great that it falls outside of the redemptive red line of the blood of Jesus. 
just as God graciously worked in Rahab's life, he will do the same for you. So I'm calling you today. I'm calling each one of us today. Why don't you exchange your red light of shame for a red rope of deliverance today? Why don't you exchange the pain of your inadequacies for the glories and the grace of God? Why don't you exchange the suffering of sin for the blood of the Lamb? Jesus is here today to redeem your past. He wants to give you faith over fear for the here and the now. And he also wants to give you hope for your future. And here's why. Because the crimson flow of Calvary's cross still flows today for each one of us. We're going to pray together right now. And I want you to know salvation is available to you right now, wherever you are. There's a prayer team waiting for you as well. I don't care if you've been going to church your entire life or if you've never stepped into a church building. God loves you. And he wants you to know that he is here to save you from your sins. He wants to redeem you. And I want to pray with you right now. I want you to surrender your heart right now. Why don't you just, why don't you close your eyes, lift your hands up to the Lord. If there's somebody in your home who can pray with you, join together right now. God's presence is here so strongly, and I know he's ministering to you right now when you're hearing these words. I'm going to pray a prayer of repentance before the Lord right now, that God would wash each one of us clean. Let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, we Stand here today. We read this story about Rahab, a woman who is considered a hero of the faith. And we hear her story, and it is shocking to us that you can have that kind of love. But, Lord, we know that the love that you have for her, it's the same that you have for us. And that if you can redeem her, you can redeem us today. So I pray right now in the authority in the name of Jesus Christ for sins right now to be surrendered. Lord, we surrender them to you that you would forgive us right where we are. The blood of Jesus is still here. It's still available for each one of us. So we surrender to that. God, we ask you right now, forgive our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Make us whole. Make us wholly yours. We give our lives to you. We want to live for you forever. We want to be with you for eternity. We give our lives completely and wholly to you. Because God, if you can save Rahab, I know you can save me. If you can redeem her, I know you can redeem us. And we pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give God thanks for what he's doing in your life right now? We are going to spend some time in worship here. And if you gave your life to Jesus for the first time today, I want to know about it because there is more for you. Maybe you rededicated your life to God. Maybe God spoke a word to you. Maybe he stirred something up in you and reminded you that he purchased you with his blood and he's called you to greatness. I want to hear about it. We want to help you take your next step in your faith journey because there 
is more for you. We would be delighted to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, to wash away for the remission of those sins, and you can receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your own life. I'd love for you to fill out a Connect card on our website. And let us know how we can help you. If you'd like to be baptized, if you'd like to pray to receive the Holy Spirit, if there's anything in particular we can pray about for you, God is just getting started in your life, and He's going to do an amazing work in you. Now, with the remainder of this service, we're going to praise Him. We're going to thank God for His redemption. We're going to thank Him right here, right now, for His goodness, for His mercy, for His grace. And we're going to celebrate that He truly can move us from fear to faith. We can stand upon his promise and know that he is the God who saves and delivers and heals. Let's worship him together right now. Thank you, Jesus.